Hello and welcome to Scientifically Speaking. I'm your host, Dave. And Zach. I'm Shane. We also have an extra special guest host today, my dad. I'm the second Dave. Hello. Well, actually, I'm the third, technically. You're the second. Oh yeah, wait, you are the second. I don't know why I corrected you. You're right. <clears throat> anyway, what's tonight's topic, boys? Alternative medicine. Alternative medicine. Yo, is AKA my mic turned up like real loud? No, no you're fine. It sounds fine to me. Okay. Alternative medicine, aka that stuff that usually doesn't work. Usually. Usually. Pretty and we'll much. go into it. All right. What are we starting with? We're starting Zach? with traditional medicine and traditional medicine. Specifically, Chinese. Chinese. focusing on specifically traditional Chinese medicine because that's like the big one, I guess. That's the yeah. one that like everyone's heard of, really. So. Traditional Chinese medicine. That's where we'll start. And, uh, okay, so first big thing. We've all heard about um, traditional Chinese medicine in terms of, like, uh, powdered rhino horns and stuff, right? People people generally know what that is? Okay. Basically, a lot of traditional Chinese medicine is, hey, let's take this random animal part and put it in our bodies, and it is a medicine. Yeah, except that is not how medicine works. That, that tends not to go well. Well, in theory, we do those... Ooh, that's really loud. In theory, we do those things, right? But, like, we have to, like, actually test to see whether the thing that you're putting inside of you is making you better or not. Yeah, right. exactly. That's kind of the point of, like, modern medicine, using air quotes. You can't see me, but I'm using air quotes. Modern medicine in terms of, like, we know how it works. We know exactly what the chemical compound is that is doing this action and what makes it actually make you feel better. Cool. So, yeah, in... We won't just, like, you know, take this rhino horn, ground it up, snort it, and be like, yeah, I feel great, and I have no idea why. Do you not do that? Medicine. No, I do that. That's, that shit is great, man. Yo, snorting rhino horn, though. Anyway. They don't actually do that, though, right? Nope. <laughs> uh, it's usually shaved or ground into a powder and dissolved in boiling water. And then, and then drink? Drank. No, drank. Drunk? What's the... Drunk. Drunk. Drunk? Okay. And then drunk. <clears throat> so... That's so weird. This powdered, boiled rhino horn is used to treat fever, rheumatism, gout, and other disorders. According to the 16th century Chinese pharmacist Li Shi Chen, the horn could also cure snake bites, hallucinations, typhoid, headaches, carbuncles, vomiting, food poisoning, and devil possession. Oh, good. As long as we've got devil possession covered, I think we're pretty much set. Sorry, what's a carbuncle? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Zach, go. Um, typhoid fever? They thought that rhino horns cured... I don't know what... Typhoid I don't know what fever. people thought about rhinos uh, that no, made their horns so oh God. No. Here's my question here. If the, if it was so simple to cure typhoid that all you needed was to, like, grind up some rhino horns... Simple. Why did Cutting we, off the horn of a massive, I mean, like, seven-ton animal that like, charges at you. But, like, typhoid fever was a huge issue for True. a really long time, like... We had a solution. If the solution was that simple, why wouldn't that just be a thing that we used constantly? Milking rhinos for horns? <laughs> That's not how A it carbuncle works. is an abscess larger than a boil. Oh, thank Young. you. Perfect. <laughs> Usually with one or more openings draining pus onto the skin. <laughs> I might throw up. <laughs> well, it, it can turn Too bad I don't have any rhino horns. Am I right? Am I right? Oh, yeah, because vomiting. Yeah. Great. Another thing that rhino horn was used for is that they um, carved vessels from it 
carved like a bowl out yeah, of the rhino yeah, yeah, horn, yeah. and they would pour things in it to te- detect poison. And supposedly, if there was poison in whatever your drink or whatever, the rhino horn bowl would start to bubble, and you'd know that there was poison in there. Interesting. So tell me how this works. This is a what's a rhino horn made of? Okay, <laughs> like, so it's actually interesting. You tell me because this last part could be true. Okay. Rhino horn is made of keratin, the same stuff that your hair and nails are made out of. So, um, basically what happens is, because of the chemical structure of keratin, acids, which poisons usually are, will actually bubble when in contact with it. So, it actually can be used to detect poisons. Interesting. But there are other things that are not poisonous that would also cause it to bubble. And there are things that are poisonous that will not bubble. Interesting. But it's founded in something. It's founded in something. I have a feeling that a lot of these are founded in something. Absolutely correct. Most of these are founded in some sort of something or other. The problem is that sometimes what they're founded in is good, and sometimes (laughs) it is very, very silly. (laughs) Uh, Like real bad. Wait, Dave. Mm-hmm. So Which rhino one? horns. Oh my God! <laughs> Number three. <laughs> there are more Dave Daves the than, younger. There are more Daves than people. This 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 rhino horn mm-hmm. is not used in aphrodisiac. No. Weird. Contrary to popular belief, rhino horn is that the one thing it's not prescribed for is an aphrodisiac. <laughs> but if you do need an aphrodisiac, you know what they use? Tiger penis. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because it's the logic there. Like tigers have giant penises so I don't know like that maybe they do. they'll make ours more attractive or <laughs> tigers <something>. are aggressive <laughs> and they have penises so jeepers creepers man that's probably the most senseless and dangerous endeavor ever like like you really like you really really desperately need an aphrodisiac so badly that you are willing to kill a like a tiger like Yes. You know what? This is interesting. What if, like, the act of killing ah, the tiger and stealing its it manhood gives you a massive boner? Well, that well no, just serious. Like, issues. look how cool you, you are. It makes you more attractive. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't. Those are not women. I would want to pursue. <laughs> I, you know, it's just a theory hypothesis. He just, he just straight whatever. up killed a tiger. <laughs> yeah. That's. I guess yeah, that is pretty that's cool. Probably, but now, you, now yeah. that you can just buy it. Like, yeah, right. Now <laughs> it loses like, all potency. Yeah. I'm just going to Google tiger penis. That's not a good idea. Yeah, that's going to do that Let's, incognito. I'll throw in an aphrodisiac at the end there. Okay. Unfortunately, though. What other, what other stuff do they grind up and not snort? They use pretty much all the parts of a tiger. Um, they oh. use tortoise shell. And um, so, unfortunately, this kind of stuff has led to a lot of, lot of like, population loss of these animals. Yeah. Because, you know, poachers will kill rhinos and then take their horns and then leave the carcass. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of measures that... Um, uh, uh, conserve, conservation groups have been using to sort of um, stop the loss of rhino populations. For example, they will actually surgically remove the horn from the live animal so, that so they it, it's not attractive to it. poachers. Because, you know, a poacher will kill it and take the horn. Right. But if you remove the horn, it won't have a horn, but it'll be alive. Yeah. But, like, Jeez. also they do need those horns for, like, mating and for survival and all of that stuff. Also, like... That is so messed up that you the only way to protect these animals is to remove a very primary part of their like defense systems and mating systems. You want them to be alive and mate. Or death. It's that or death. Good news guys. Uh, in China the majority of men have moved on from tiger penises to Viagra. Beautiful. The majority. The majority. (laughs) Not all of them. It's it's funny that in their search for an aphrodisiac. A love potion, essentially. They settled on something that makes their dick hard for four hours. 
Hopefully. Yeah, not. close enough. Close We're enough. Good. We got it. <laughs> Want to talk about bear bile? Yeah, let's talk about bear bile. It's all you. Bear bile is um, extracted from a gallbladder of a bear, of an Asian bear. And apparently has all kinds of curative powers. They, anything from cancer to jaundice to tuberculosis to all these other diseases. Tuberculosis. <clears throat> and so to get bear bile, you don't, you don't want to kill the bear. So you kind of want to find a way to milk the bile from the gallbladder. <laughs> oh so they Ugh. keep... For those of you unaware, bile is a, uh, a strong, a digestive acidic, digestive thing enzyme. that helps break down things in your food. And how they decided that this was a useful uh, product. Yeah, who was the first person to drink bear bile? (laughs) Jesus. The act of... The the stupider younger brother, the first guy to drink cow's production. (laughs) Well, let's see. If cow milk is so great, then I got bear bile. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One upped. (laughs) So the problem with bear bile, of course, is is the process of collecting it all and trying to uh, maintain a population of bears that provide bile for you they end up caging them in different cages oh, and God. they instead of puncturing the, the the bears you know abdomen every day they they leave a catheter in the abdominal wall oh, man so that they can reach in daily with a you know really long syringe and jab jab the gallbladder and you know extract wow that's fresh. awful mm-hmm Mm. Yeah, Peter would have a field day so, with that one. You know, I don't know. You got to save the animals somehow. They're gonna. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's, that's awful. So that's probably terrible. the biggest problem with um, um, traditional Chinese medicine in terms of uh, using animal parts, because um, a lot of the times it's either um, devastating, absolutely devastating to the population of the animal, or it's just horrendous for the actual well-being of an the individual. individual. Straight animal. up cruel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, and you know, it would be one thing if it was like, yeah, it turns out like we can literally cure all cancer with like bear bile and like it was like a scientific, like we are certain and then we would find like, presumably find some more reasonable way to either yeah. synthesize but that. But at first that'd be at least a necessary reason. Right. Yeah, like but how in uh, But this is like completely unproven, arbitrary, like somebody was like, yeah, this is probably a good idea. Let's take According to the National Institute of Health, an assessment of the research found that 41 of 70 systematic reviews of the scientific evidence for Chinese oral medicine were unable to reach conclusions about whether the technique worked for the condition under investigation because there was not enough good quality evidence. Basically, there's no proof that traditional Chinese medicine using these things does anything at all and it sounds like most of the problem is that literally the people like giving out the medicine aren't even trying to prove that it's working they said lack of evidence like no one's doing studies to figure out whether this stuff is helping anyone they're just continuing to sell it as if they already figured it out this is a theme that we're gonna have for this episode there's a lot of poorly done studies biased studies or lack of studies entirely yep whoa (laughs) wow But wait, so you know how we're talking about bear bile and stuff? Yes. So yeah. I can't wait. You know can't Red Bull, right? Yeah. Taurine oh in it? Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, it's got bull piss in it. No, no. Because we learned how to synthesize taurine right. synthetically yes. because we're not stupid. And we're good <laughs> at science. Which is the whole, that's the whole thing. Like, if there anything useful is coming from it, here's the deal. Yes. The deal is if somebody knew that they could sell it and make like real money off of it, and it was actually doing something helpful and it was worth them to synthesize and sell, like taurine, for example, large companies would 
do that and we wouldn't need to keep these bears in captivity and stick catheters in them because people would actually just synthesize it like we've done with Tori. Because that's way cheaper than like having a flock of caged up animals. They what have is to the collective noun for day. bears? B- bears. <laughs> it's a bears a of flock bears. Of bears. It's one bears a of bears. A groupie of bears. I don't know. Let's see. Group so of So you grow bears. tissue culture. Uh, you grow rhinos keratin cells in right. tissue culture and it makes this little pyramidal you know <laughs> tissue that you just grow i don't have any reason i don't have any explanation for why that's not this done can't, at all this can't be but, yeah well the explanation is that like reputable these, scientific companies know that that shit don't work yeah exactly <laughs> no one's bothering and the people and the the deal is like I, I from what i understand you guys correct me if you're wrong i'm not the one who did the research but like the the people that are like selling these like they, for some reason, think that like the fact that it was chopped off a tiger or the fact that it was chopped off a rhino actually provides some sort of substance and has because which even though that literally makes no sense like has it makes absolutely no difference like that's part of the reason that they're selling it is like part of it is that like yeah well it is a big deal that like we took this from a live animal and like you know it is like that has for some reason some effect on whatever effects it has some on the spiritual human body. yeah exactly jumbo. Uh, Although, to be fair, the thing with traditional medicine is that we have to give it the respect it's due because it's where we got the medicine that we have now. The reason that we have aspirin and, uh, you know, vaccines and all of that good stuff is because, you know, we did trial and error with traditional medicine for millions of years. So, you know, it, it's, it's kind of tough to, you know, flat out say that, you know, traditional medicine is entirely horseshit because it's not. There's a lot of good stuff out there that, you know, simple herbal remedies that can be straightforwardly useful maybe not as good as some isolated compound isolated concentrated compound sold at a drugstore but you know in a region where you don't have access to something like that the bark of a willow tree works great for headaches if you have no aspirin within a 50 mile radius of you yeah i mean even the simplest like ginger and stomach aches like yeah straightforward like yeah well like there obviously there are some naturally occurring chemicals just in like usually a diluted form that exist that you can consume that do the same things that drugs do but like the reason that we have pharmaceutical companies is to like concentrate those and give them to you in the proper dose along with other chemicals you might need to process them better so they actually do only what they're supposed to do in the best way possible that's the thing now that we have the ability and the like established methodology to just sit down and be like what makes this work let's figure that out grab that Put it in a little pill and give it to people because that is it's so much better than like this probably works. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let's not worry about whether it works. Just take it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. All right. Also, okay. Apparently, a, it's called a sleuth of bears. I don't. Oh, that's sleuth. really cool. Actually, that's adorable. From from no reputable source did I find this, but I want a sleuth of bears. So really, it's only a matter of time before traditional Chinese medicine just fades away as a as a real thing. Because if Western medicine will just overtake it, well, that's the question. It's you <laughs> there's going to be some Chinese dictator or, or leader that says rhino horns don't work anymore. <laughs> that actually we are done. That actually almost happened in the yes. late 1800s. One I forget what his name was, but he was just like, "Yo, this this is this is crap." Like, and he went to his like medical counselor. He's like, get, "Get this out of this academy. This is not real stuff." And they were like, "Eh." And then he was no longer dictator, and then they moved on. Yeah, I, I think it. the problem is that, like, 
you know, similarly to how, yeah, sure, like, schools teach, like, theory of evolution and don't teach creationism, and, like, the government-funded, like, sources of America say, like, this is what happened, there are still a large number of people here who have not gotten the message, and, like, you know, and, like, and that's going to continue to propagate for, like, an unfortunately large amount of time, most likely, and this is probably just another instance of the same stuff, hopefully something that more directly affects the, like, well-being of you and your family and sort of like your life will change more quickly but Agreed. you know it and does hopefully, but it is um, the same increasing scientific literacy and education in general yeah, yeah, yeah. will you know dissipate some of the effect of yeah poor ineffective treatments yes let's go to another part of traditional medicine part. Uh, we'll start sticking with sticking yourself with needles. Yeah, well, sticking oh, someone God, else yes. with needles. Sticking I guess someone else with needles. Ac acupuncture. Wow, you just completely acupuncture. <laughs> <laughs> First time you try to say that. Acupuncture. Yeah. So the idea of this is that you stimulate acupuncture points with needles. Usually needles. Sometimes it's like compression. Sometimes it's uh, laser light. Yeah. Laser light. Yeah, this is oh, that's, that's, that was oh, the it's, thing. It's hilarious. Yeah, okay, this okay, is okay. some terrible okay, but regular acupuncture. <laughs> let's stick with regular acupuncture. This is with needles, right? Yeah. You stick these into these uh, you're basically trying to realign the meridians in your body so you get uh, improved chi flow or okay. key flow, depending on how you want to say it. What's um, a meridian? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, it isn't <laughs> there's there's nothing at all ever to okay. support any notion of some kind of energy, like abstract mystical energy, life force flowing sure. through our body yeah, yeah, yeah. along meridians and flowing through chi centers. Okay. That just that basis of acupuncture is just out of the window. There's nothing to say that so that is in fact the case. Are or a there mechanism. like so? Is, so there's a lot of like like chiropractics and massage, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, but we'll like, all, we'll get to so those. so like those have like regardless of like the long term true health benefits, like they do actually make you feel better for various actual scientific medical reasons. Like, yes. Is there any part of acupuncture that does that? Because it seems minimal since the needles are tiny and not really touching so anything. So there have been. Uh, the idea that some people have said is that, you know, you stick it into the skin, it causes, like, super-duper-duper duper small amounts of trauma. Like, you just you kind of pop yeah, the muscle, like right? Don't and then your body it. maybe releases endorphins, maybe just some... There's maybe some kind of physiological response, um, and it can act as a very, 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 very mild analgesic, maybe. Okay. Depends on the study you look Define at. analgesic. Okay. Uh, yeah, is, what is that? I forget what the difference is. A-N-A-L-G-E-S-I-C. Slightly numbing. Yeah, it's uh, relief okay. from pain, not okay. like... Because in anesthetic, you just lose feeling. Analgesic is pain relief. So that's like... So the thing with acupuncture is that... So it can't cure disease. That's not going to happen. It's, it's been used for that. It's used for that. Unless your disease is that you don't have enough needles in your body. <laughs> that, like, that'll never happen. However, most people probably use it to like treat minor pain, like back yeah, pain sure. or something like that, right? So <laughs> acupuncture works better than nothing at all. Okay. Because of the placebo effect. Okay. I was right? gonna say. Which we'll talk about yeah. in a moment. Yeah, we're about to go into that one. There's some other issues. So acupuncture seems to be like slightly better than the placebo effect in that like if you compare acupuncture to a sh to sham acupuncture, like a control group, Okay. It's a little bit better in some studies. Sham acupuncture being basically they sort of like will uh, 
put pressure on the skin or slightly penetrate, but not to the same depth as acupuncture. So it's real. basically, so they, they pretend to do acupuncture yes. convincingly to the person who well, is experiencing Well, that's it. the problem. Ah. It's really, really hard to either have the patient not know they're not actually getting acupuncture. Yeah. You have to have them like, they'd have to be like face down. Right. At least. Isn't that, which isn't that which isn't too hard? Yes. Yeah. That's okay. like not too bad, right? And, and you have it, the needle stick in them. Like that's not too bad. The person doing it that's you kind of run into some problems there. So a skilled acupuncturist brings more to the table than just being able to put needles in someone's sure. skin. They're really good at like the setting up the atmosphere, right. using whatever jargon is related to it, um, finding just, the meridian. Yeah, making them com- the person comfortable, and then so there's this whole okay. other aspect of it. So when okay. people who put in these sham needles doing the sham architecture have to be like really good actors. Uh, <laughs> acupuncture. Oh my the god, that's weird. Yeah. Um, have to be like very good actors and that's hard to come by in like a random scientific right, study. Of course. And you have to teach them like where to put them, what pressure to apply. Um, so it's hard to do basically it, it, that makes it hard to do any sort of clinically controlled trial about whether or not acupuncture okay. is actually effective. So at the very best, it's slightly better than placebo and at the very worst, it's about exactly the same. Yeah. Okay. How do so, you measure if it worked? The person says, I feel better. Yeah, so what is success? Subjective. That's exactly yeah, that's, right. the, that's the other thing. It, and like, so what it's good for is basically some like basic pain temporarily. Like your back hurts, you stick some needles in there, you feel better the next day. There's another, there are two effects at work. Besides the placebo effect, you also have regression to the mean. So now I think we can just talk about those concepts. Okay, let's Because yeah, those, those will be important to um, most of this episode. The concept of the placebo effect and regression to the mean sort of affects how well we think these treatments work, how well people think these treatments actually work. So, Zach, the placebo wanna... effect. The way this works is basically if you think something will do something good for you, it will. Your brain just goes, yep, this is good, and good things happen. It's very strange. I'm so not really quite sure how that works. Okay. Yeah, there are different aspects to it. There's one, uh, where did this example so go? The typical example, as far as I'm aware, is like the, the sugar pill. Yeah, right? yes. like, you give someone a sugar pill, they have like some sort of sickness or something, you give them a sugar pill, which does absolute squat. And but you tell them it's a painkiller. You tell them, you tell them it's, it's a painkiller, and they think, oh, wow, this is a painkiller, and then it they feel works. Right. Yeah, and usually a lot of times, actually, when looking at scientific studies of drugs, they'll show you like this is how well our drug works compared to a placebo. Exactly, because they have to show that it's working better than placebo. Because if it's doing the same as placebo, it's probably doing nothing, mm-hmm. which is so, kind of. A, and sometimes those those studies freak me out because they'll be like, yeah, like you know, like sixty percent of our patients responded positively to this compared to like forty five percent on the placebo. 45, like 45% of the patients were given sugar pills and had as good of a response as the people given this drug. Well, some of that can be applied to regression to the mean. Okay. I'm sure. Yes. Let's talk about placebos a little bit more. Keep going. A few more examples. So if you present a placebo as a stimulant, it can have an effect on your heart rhythm and your blood pressure. Like, you know, increasing them. Literally stimulation the same way as stimulant. I can vouch for this. I had some, uh, like, (laughs) what were those? Espresso beans. Chocolate-covered espresso beans and immediately felt, like, hyper. And I immediately was like, that was the placebo effect, like... Absolutely. Yeah, there's no way he felt Well, not to be a jerk, but we all know how we feel about anecdotal evidence. True. 
Sorry. Well, Jerk. except still evidence of except, the placebo no, that's effect. <laughs> yeah, he's not, that's evidence of the placebo effect. He, was, he experienced... It's more of an example yeah. in real life. Case rather study, than, more yeah. so than... Okay, fair, valid. Um, and then it? you administer this thing as... A, basically, I thought I was going to be excited, and then I was. Like... <laughs> I don't think I'm like he a felt, superhero. Yeah, he felt he felt the he felt the. Like, Did you not? He felt the <laughs> um, effects of caffeine like far before he could have ever can actually had any effects occur. Additionally, when you give the same placebo that you previously offered as a stimulant as a depressant, it has the exact opposite mm. effect. The same pill. Same thing. <laughs> the same thing that does nothing. Yep. Does the exact opposite of the thing that it did before when it should have done nothing both times. Yes. So this the problem with acupuncture is we the uh, placebo can't really be. You can't give a sugar pin. You yeah, can do exactly. a sham yes. acupuncture, but those are like subjective. It's very yeah, difficult yeah, yeah. to find an, a, a practitioner <laughs> who can yeah who can s- simulate the the pin prick in a real way yeah right exactly so in a convincing no, way there's it's, no scientific it's a lot way easier to, to give someone a convincing fake pill yes right, right. they've so still managed to do sham acupuncture to the point where it's had positive effects right on almost people. as good as acupuncture yeah yeah it's that's literally been done it's yeah, pretty so. ridiculous so then the other concept here is regression to the mean and the basic idea is this is that if you have pain right that kind of randomly comes and goes right sure and it like at one point it starts to get like real bad and you're like shit i should probably go see someone about this Mm -hmm. you go and you say you get acupuncture right right and then you come Uh, home and you feel better over the course of the next few days Uh right that may just have been because you reached the peak of your pain it was going to to see the practitioner yeah and so the acupuncture may or may not have had anything to do with it at all. That and that exactly. goes not just for acupuncture, but for all of the things yeah. that we're going to talk about today is that yeah. the regression to the mean happens when you go in because you're sick, but you might just be the sickest and you're going to stop being sick soon anyway. And so whatever you did right. seems to work because you took it at the same time you started getting better anyway. Yep. And this can work for like colds and things too. But yeah. like you know, there are zinc when you're on a cold. Yeah. Which are, like may or may not have been. Yeah, may that's it if you take it like a, a ton one. of it, as soon as it starts right. continuously, it may shorten slightly the length yes. of cold maybe. And there <laughs> and there are a lot of studies that show it might have an effect, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that's about as good as we it's got. a lot of babies. <laughs> the thing with regression of the mean though, it doesn't work for everything. Right. So if you have some kind of injury like maybe it's like you were lifting and you hurt your leg, right? And mm-hmm. you continue to like lift and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And you see someone and it, they make it a little bit better yeah. and you continue to lift and it doesn't get worse. They may have done something because in that case, you, you were providing some kind of stimulus that was making it worse. It wasn't randomly right. getting worse sure. and getting better. It was you were making it worse because you weren't <laughs> let it, giving it time to heal. Right. But then someone did something and suddenly you feel better. And you continue to do the thing that was making yes. it worse and it's not getting worse. Yes. So then they might have done then something. Then they might have done something. This is, a, so regression of the mean seems to apply pretty much when like pressure has like some sort the pain has some sort of like sinusoidal, like cyclical. Yeah, sort, sort of just of like fluctuating. Cyclical fluctuations. Yeah. So chronic and, pain. And is, yeah. Yeah. Right. Chronic and, Sure, and they're not caused by, like, you actively doing something, like working out on a hurt leg or something like that. Okay. Yeah, so the... Moxibustion? Yeah, let's talk about moxibustion. So this is, this ties in to acupuncture. It's uh, pretty much used in conjunction with a lot. What is that word? Moxibustion. M-O-X-I-B-U-S-T-I-O-N. Moxibustion. Thank you for the spelling bee award now. Anyway, (laughs) 
moxibustion, what it is, is um, it's burning an herb above the skin to apply heat to acupuncture <laughs> yeah, there you go. points. <laughs> right, okay. So uh, the common herb that's used is mugwort, which is a plant that's in the daisy family. And it was actually used in beer before hops was discovered. Oh, interesting. So what they do, this uh, moxibustion can be broken down into either, into either direct or indirect moxibustion. Direct moxibustion can further be broken down into scarring or non-scarring. Basically, Isn't this direct exciting? moxibustion oh God, this is a small cone-shaped amount of the herb mugwort placed on a certain acupuncture point and burned. This is direct. Direct. Yeah. Supplied directly In to the conjunction skin. with a needle. Too. Oh, it depends. Depends. Yeah. You can just have the moxibustion. You could just have it. Whatever mm-hmm. on its own. So if the non-scarring type, it's removed. It starts to burn. It gets hot on your skin, and then they remove it. The scarring oh, type, dear God. they leave until it <laughs> blisters. It's literally you get second degree burns from burning this herb on your skin, and it's supposed to have medicinal properties. Doing that. That sounds horrible. Yep, it doesn't. It does more harm than good. Oh God. The other type of moxibustion, indirect, is more of um. There's one where you have a moxie cigar, basically a little um, mugwort cigar held over the skin until the area turns red, which is supposed to you know apply heat to these points, and or you can have a needle inserted into an acupoint, wrap up. Wrap it up in the mugwort and light it on fire. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I've seen that, where like the top of the needle is mm-hmm. like being which heats up the needle so and the heats needle up your skin. Gets hot. So these these kind of moxibustion is used for hypertension, pain, tennis elbow, irritable bowel system syndrome, et cetera. It has zero effect. <laughs> All right, on can anything? You, can you go into how it works? What it's what the mechanical action is for that. There isn't any. That's the point. It's that you're literally burning this herb over you that's supposed to have some sort of... uh, I mean, I I assume the idea is that it promotes blood flow because warmth... Or or chi flow. flow, Yeah, whatever. Chi flow. Meridian flow. That's exactly right. Beautiful. So So it does does nothing. Uh, Except give you second degree burns depending on the type of moxibustion. Um... Again, it's like there's all these studies that like say, yeah, there's some kind of positive effect. And you look at the study, it's like, oh, the methodology is messed up. There's some publication bias, et cetera. Except, Except one very strange case. Very, the most what? bizarre thing I've ever seen. There is slight, somewhat good evidence that moxibustion actually has effectiveness on reversing breech presentation of babies. Breech what? presentation of babies being when babies are coming out the wrong way. Yeah, facing the wrong way. Yeah, so butt first or feet first or whatever. Moxibustion what? on BL67, which is an acupuncture point, apparently <laughs> has... There's some good evidence, good studies that show that it actually has some sort of effect on reversing breech is it scarring or non-scarring or both or neither? Non-scarring. Or? What? Um, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Just one acupuncture point. It gets weirder. Okay. You know where that acupuncture point is? Where? BL67 is the outer corner of the fifth toenail. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it can't be. There must be something wrong with it. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> How many? Wait, what is the sample size of this study? I don't How know. These studies many? may or may not. There's other studies that say they repeated the study and they couldn't get the same results, so it might this be is, uh, We should rephrase this. This is the effect that it has the best evidence that this yes. actually yeah, works for. Yeah, right. It's, and that, I think that's telling. <laughs> that the best evidence for an effect that we could find is like probably eh. the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh wait, it Not was like that means it was like a hundred and something yeah, babies, yeah. hundred twenty-three babies. Hundred twenty. It was a large God. sample size, and it was statistically significant. It was statistically significant. It was like forty-three percent, like came out. I don't know. It's like forty-three, forty-six, and like fifty-something percent. 
of like success in turning the thing around. One of the, the forty-three thing, was the for yeah. One of the forty-three was for <laughs> manipulating the right. mom's abdomen from the outside. Another yeah. one was. I don't remember what it was. And then the other one was moxibustion. That was the 50-something percent. Like high, it was, that had greater success. Does anyone know what the p-value was? Did they list that? I, no, we, we all have it. That's but, preposterous. For some reason, burning an herb over the outer corner of your fifth toenail will help you if your baby is facing the wrong way. <laughs> Apparently. Maybe. 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 Iffy. But it's, it's <laughs> interesting insane. that... I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't help you that much more than it sounds like the other methods would... And I trust those more. But you should do both. That sounds like the most reasonable way to go about it. But anyway, I think we should move on because I'm so weirded out. Jesus yeah. Cupping? Yeah, cupping. Oh, God. Cupping is the worst. <laughs> cupping is... Don't, don't Google this. Please don't Google this. <laughs> cupping is... Um, the patient lies on their belly. Uh, a cup is placed on their back and heat is... The, cu- the cup is heated, which makes a suction makes a difference in air pressure inside the cup okay the cup sticks to the skin and pulls up blood from underneath and makes like a red ring so underneath basically there. gives you a hickey yep it, basically it's a gives hickey you a really right. gross circular and large hickey you, you get that's dry cupping though you get six or eight cups all over your back and okay. they, they pull them out and the, the toxin the toxin releases from your skin oh, the enters the air right the toxin and disappears which toxin is this yeah, I, whatever's making you hurt. <laughs> so <laughs> that's dry. Cupping. That's cupping. That's, yeah, that's dry cupping. What's the other kind of wet cupping? Wet cupping is dry <laughs> cupping plus controlled medicinal bleeding. Oh no! Underneath the cups. Don't Google that. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, I threw up in my mouth a little God. when I saw it. It's pretty it's awful. Pretty We're awful. Still bleeding people. Yeah. <laughs> also, they've uh, they've upgraded the technology. Some sometimes it's not they've like it's not necessarily bamboo wear that they heat and then you know use suction on. They'll have like rubber pumps little with like these little glass That's things. That's actually in the end. kind of funny. And, goes, <laughs> and it pulls your skin up, and then if there's an open wound in your skin that they did intentionally to make you bleed, then it <laughs> pulls in the. Oh, suction it's really awful god Dude, they're aware that bloodletting is a thing that we did in like the revolutionary war and did nothing <laughs> like that was like we, we have progressed that was hundreds of years ago we figured out that that was a bad idea and they're still <laughs> doing that now <laughs> plus suction Gen- bloodletting is a general health measure has been shown to be harmful hmm. <laughs> <laughs> interesting <laughs> hmm. Pouring out some of the stuff that makes us go is bad. <laughs> Who knew? Bizarre. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so absurd. What? So, that's and then, disgusting. And you can use all these anymore. different, like, acupuncture, moxibustion, cupping, all, like, similar purposes, often used, like, in conjunction or one after another, uh-huh. and it's all pretty oh much doesn't do anything. That's outstanding. That's upsetting. Unless your baby's backwards. Unless yeah. your baby's backwards, <laughs> maybe if you heat up your toenail, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's real weird. <laughs> they should try doing other stuff where they just like poke their point, or they just heat it. Or they they yeah. investigate further. Yeah, um, I agree. A study done on pregnant women who don't have toes. Oh, that doesn't make sense, Dave. <laughs> How would they? That doesn't. What would they just poke a different. They should poke, <laughs> poke the fourth toenail. 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 That's the name of like some kind of, I don't know. Death metal band. Yeah. But it's a bunch of 13-year-olds. It's like that's as dirty as they could come up with while still getting rides to the uh, garage where they practice in their mom's minivan. (laughs) 
Wow, that was expansive. <laughs> I have a whole universe set up, basically. <laughs> All right, all right, what's all right, next? Because right. I really want to move on from this cupping thing. I think, I think we've given Eastern medicine enough of a bashing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's now time, lest we forget, that Western medicinal people can be just as fucking stupid. <laughs> far worse. In fact, in terms of stupidity, anyway. At least Chinese traditional medicine is rooted in like, oh, this stuff kind of helps, maybe. Yeah, like acupuncture maybe kind of helps. The maybe stuff not. that we're going to go into Not next. color puncture. Color puncture? Yes. It's acupuncture... Sack. What using do you know what it is it's, it's so is stupid <laughs> it's acupuncture using light what color light different colored lights for different effects the warm colors <laughs> red orange and yellow add energy and, oh, and the cool no. colors cool colors green blue and violet decrease energy what does that mean it's that doesn't mean anything it's impossible <laughs> you don't shine electromagnetic radiation on something and its energy goes down <laughs> well yes, it does because it's purple may, light maybe in something obviously. weird but not you're shooting energy at it <laughs> to decrease the energy well i think they're I, I think we can establish they're probably talking about energy not as defined by <laughs> any physics that you and i have learned yeah but Oh, yeah, because when you use warm and cool colors together, it balances your yin and yang energy flows. Right, so, yeah. like I said, yeah. different energy. No, but it's... So this is... Someone took... And this is a naturopathic guy, which we'll talk about. Um, well, we're going to talk about him. We're talking about naturopathy in general. Um, but he was like, yeah, you know, acupuncture is cool, but this is definitely better. He made it far stupider. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. managed to take something that had... Pretty much no medicinal value and subtract any oh, he potential also, he, value. He cited some guy, so this guy who came up with the idea, he cited someone else who claimed the body cells communicate with each other through a steady stream of photons, which is like, probably probably not. I don't think... I'm, there's No, so biophotons. We did research yeah. on this. Were you guys in the room when I was looking this up? Like, really frantically? Yeah, you were there. It was because of that thing that was cited. With the bio, do you remember this? Oh Jesus! Dave yeah. and I, Dave oh, and I found there was what was the thing? What was the it controversial was, um, topic? That it was, was uh, it, it was a uh, whether or not fluoride in your water right. calcifies your pineal so gland. Dave and I, oh not. god, this is relevant to this actually. So Dave, Dave found this weird thing. It was like trying. We were trying to find whether fluoride in water in the levels that it currently is could be bad. And Dave found this one article that said that it, what did it do? Calcify, calcifies your pineal gland. Calcifies your is, pineal gland, which, which would be a, bad. Uh, a hormone gland in yeah. your brain. It would be really bad if that happened. But there were two sources to that article. The first source, they, they were both basically to the same thing. There were different companies that both did the same thing. And they were both to, what was the kind of therapy they did? Uh, it was like... It um, was like biophotaic... Like, yeah. It was bioluminescent therapy or something like that. Yep. And they claimed that there was like, they were going to like shine light on you to realign your biophotons. Which I had to look that up. Again. I had to look that up because I was like, that sounds like literally made up. Turns out biophotons are actually real. It just means photons released by the atoms in your cells, which is <laughs> okay. like a thing that all atoms do. They get excited and then yeah. they get unexcited and then they release photons. Um, so. They, they they do release photons, and there's some evidence that they might, in part, use them to, like, be aware of some status of other cells. That 
potentially reasonable but it is not, yeah. Yeah. they do not use them to like as like a source of communication to each other not that that makes any sense really anyway because at anthropomorphizes cells but or could you affect it in any way by shining light by on shining them. light yeah, on that, a person no, no, and, no but this but this guy says that it uh let's see what does he say um uh he concluded that acupuncture meridians absorb and disseminate colored light within the body. <laughs> what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. A it's thing completely that doesn't absurd. exist as a thing that doesn't exist to a thing that doesn't exist. <laughs> Got it? Understood. Wrap it up. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to stupid-ass Western medicine. Stupid-ass Western medicine. Okay, we'll start with the least stupid. Naturopathy. Naturopathy. Okay, support. well... Okay, my yeah. cat cans, my x-rays are came back negative. My bloods and my urines are clean. And I've seen five different doctors. Okay. Medical doctor, MDs. Right. Western doctors. But I still have this nebulous pain in my lower back. Now what do I do? I've got chronic. Therapist. Could it be psychosomatic? Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Phantom limbs are a thing. People feel pain in arms that they no longer have. Sure. That's a totally mental thing. I'm clean mental. <laughs> My <laughs> mental <laughs> test come back. <laughs> well, I need a natural pathist. Naturopathist. Naturopathist. But unfortunately, <laughs> what you need is a placebo. <laughs> and at, at that point, it's to a point where it's like, yeah, that's super unfortunate. But it's not like, you know, f- any of the things that any of these things claim to do will actually do anything. All right. Well, let's talk about what the things we're talking you about. You need a placebo. Are. Yeah. So no, I'm talking. I'm trying to lead into the yeah, the, yeah. the point of a naturopathist. <laughs> so yes, in, yes. The point of working medi- medical is more of a holistic view of health. Right. What they do is sort of um, treat the whole person rather than just the disease, which actually isn't a terrible way to go about it. Right. You know, because like you said, some of these things could be not straight up medical. So instead of having you know a doctor and a dentist and a therapist, you can have a naturopathic practitioner who can sort of do most of that. The problem, of course, being that, like, the reason we have specialized doctors is because there is way well, too course. much to know. But this is um, this is more in terms of uh, less severe things. Sure. So, um, actually, uh, according to the National Institute of Health, studies show that naturopathy, they did a study with um, workers with chronic lower back pain, and uh, it turned out that naturopathy was actually a better and more cost-effective approach than standard physiotherapy advice. This is in addition to conventional care? This is in addition to conventional care. So it's, it's, in, it's in terms of, okay, you have this chronic back pain, but a naturopathic practitioner will maybe give you diet advice or you know some general exercise tips or, or whatever. So it actually, naturopathy is an So actually, basically they're telling you how to make the other parts of your life better in a semi-reasonable way, which would of course way. make every part yes. of your life better. Yeah. So, of course, it's not a good idea to avoid conventional care entirely because, you know, there are some things that you need fixed by a specialist. But the point of a naturopathic practitioner is to sort of treat your mental health, physical health, spiritual health all at once. So, in terms of stupid shit, naturopathy is not really high on that list. Well, you know, depending on the practitioner. Depending on the practitioner. <laughs> that's where we have to di- differentiate. As long as, as, there long are, as they're not telling you to avoid There are naturopathic medicine. physicians, which are people who have 
who have completed degrees, completed grad school at accredited four-year schools, use conventional treatments that work, and are basically actually doctors. They're well, licensed like, like doctors. Yeah. They're regulated like doctors. They're uh, accredited education like doctors. They're given an NMD or an ND, naturopathic doctor, naturopathic medical doctor, and they're basically real doctors. And that's they the just, kind that just sort of is, that's, there's pretty much nothing terribly wrong with yeah, that. They avoid surgery and drugs. They don't do that ever. That's like their thing. Like, okay. no surgery, no drugs. But No drugs. Actually, well, that's not even true. It's traditional oh, naturopaths okay. that are the ones to avoid. So, you know, the closer you get from to, like, conventional medicine, the better it is. alternative medicine, the more it works. Interesting. <laughs> so, like, exercise therapy, which they use, works, and it helps because cool. it's proven in things well yeah because exercise makes people healthier so that's the thing naturopathic physicians are actually trained basically as a med student they can right. take residencies they're you know doing all the things that regular doctors do so naturopathic physician eh, that's okay right. traditional naturopaths they don't use surgery they won't use injections they won't use drugs they won't even use x-rays anything that is not natural quote-unquote or invasive or Anything that's um, invasive, they'll avoid. Um, traditional naturopaths are, there are lots of schools that are not accredited, that do no licensing whatsoever, no control over their doctors and their practitioners. So if you go to see a naturopathic physician, ask them about their education, go see where they're from, <laughs> go see what they've done, yeah. to actually ask, you know, because a good one will have a degree and a license. Got it. And a bad one will have a degree yeah. that's not accredited and a license that's so, like, fucking made up. Pretty much every profession ever. Yeah, of course. The good the good ones have degrees and licenses. And, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. This is every this the theme is that <laughs> every single one of these things is ridiculous and still you start introducing elements of conventional medicine and it becomes more reasonable and suddenly you're at conventional medicine and why doesn't pe- pe- everyone just <laughs> practice conventional medicine? Although to be fair, it does seem like for some people in a lot of instances like somebody who is both using conventional medicine and this sort of holistic approach can have better outcomes. The thing is, the, the holistic approach, it shouldn't maybe be... maybe separate from medicine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and it maybe it shouldn't even be. Well, all it is is it's a convenient way to put conventional medicine and spiritual health in the same place. Yeah. In, in the same doctor. Sure. Which, at the Which very least, would make someone feel reasonable. better. Yeah. The, the biggest problem with naturopathy, though, is... Um, and again, this applies to the people who are farther away from conventional medicine, is it's the fallacy of the natural. The idea that because a thing is natural, quote unquote, it's better, which means absolute shit in real yeah. life. Nothing it's, means not, nothing like, whatsoever. There is no actual scientific or otherwise definition of natural. It's completely what somebody chooses. I can't conceive of why x-rays would be either like unnatural or invasive. You already used it's literally the, the light. opposite of invasive. The light is already bouncing off of you in the same way, and you're already using light in a very similar way to just observe the person, which certainly even a naturalistic physician would do. That'd be interesting if they're like, "I refuse to to look at you <laughs> because <laughs> it's too invasive. I won't will... use the light bouncing off of your body in order to diagnose you." But I'll yes. just guess. So that's the big problem: is that you know. Oh, well, it's a natural thing, whereas this is a chemical drug. Well, okay, sure, but that doesn't mean yeah. anything. My Our mom, body mm-hmm. can't tell the difference between a chemical synthesized in a lab and a chemical that is from a leaf. Yeah, my, my body has no reading, idea. My mom's been reading a lot of books lately, and one of the things that like I keep reminding her of, and she keeps taking the coaching very well, is um, a lot of 
people promoting these sort of like uh, like anti-cancer diets, and like there is some evidence to the the way you eat having some amount of effect on um, likelihood of developing certain cancers, um, simply because eating well sort of affects your health sure, anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and there are there are, yeah there are other things, but we won't go into it because that's not what this is about. But one of the things that is frequently said and is completely absurd to me is they say like avoid chemicals, and every time and every time that is said to me, I think what. You literally can't. It is that is the most impossible thing anyone has ever said to anyone else. Chemicals are everything. Every single thing that you will intake, consume, ingest is a chemical. Mm -hmm. Well, to be fair, they're talking about some sort of concentrated. Yeah, but again, your body doesn't know the difference. Right, and so it doesn't care where it got the chemical. And, and if there's a variation in the chemical, then yes, the problem is the variation. So trans fats are a good example of mm-hmm. like your body does know the difference between cis fats and trans fats because trans uh-huh. fats are actually a, they are different, different. and it's something that are usually only exist in manufactured goods. So that's an example of, yes, a manufactured good could have something that is bad for you, but it's not that it's manufactured that makes it bad or that it's a concentrated chemical that makes it bad. It's that it has a byproduct that's harmful to you. And so identifying harmful byproducts is really the issue and not just wholeheartedly avoiding chemicals. Exactly. The only reason looking at a chemical, you have to do it in terms of like, it's a case by case basis. Yes, exactly. You know, it, it doesn't make sense to avoid chemicals because that doesn't make any sense. But you can avoid specific chemicals that may or may not be bad for you. Yeah. Cool. And even saying, like, avoid synthetic things, like, that is still still stupid. Because it's like... Everything you consume is to some extent probably synthetic. And technically, everything you consume is synthetic. Something made it. Whether it made (laughs) itself, or another animal made it, or a plant made it, or another person made it. Like, it is synthesized by something. Just so, because something is natural does not mean it is inherently better for you. Yeah, that doesn't make just, there any, are so many things that exist naturally occurring without humans touching them that kill you all arsenic. the time. <laughs> Lions are pretty natural. <laughs> like I just and they I, will kill you unless you <laughs> kill them and steal their penis first. <laughs> oh wait, that's a tiger. Tiger. Um I mean yeah, it, arsenic, cyanide, like there's just lots of things that exist entirely in natural chemical compounds that that are like for example there's um Hydrochloric acid. Snake. Don't get that shit on your skin, but it's in your stomach. It's inside Constantly. of you. Yeah. Snake venom. Your body Natural. makes hydrochloric acid. So naturally occurring pretty much means nothing. It has nothing to do with whether or not your it's body is good you. absorbing it, good at using it, whether it helps you or hurts you. Like That's something that we have and do constantly study and check and try to figure out. But that it's the scientific study of those things that's helpful to look at, not whether or not it's not. That's right. All right. E. The big one. The big one. The big one. And also the, the interestingly trickiest to pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's fair. Homeopathy. Not homeopathy. Which but is how it's I homeopathic it. medicine. So it's confusing <laughs> at best. If, if you've been calling it home, homeopathy, homeopathy for your whole life, that's okay, me too. Mm-hmm. Until like a week ago. Mm-hmm. So... It homeopathy. Homeopathy, so, and you might sound like a tool for saying it that way, but it's correct. So, lots of people heard of homeopathy in terms of homeopathic remedies, like the bullshit that Dr. Oz sells. Yeah, stay away from him. He's an asshole. <laughs> anyway, I won't disagree. We'll post up, we can make our blog post about Dr. Oz. Perf. Homeopathy. 
This this is the big one. This is the one that is the most riddled with absolute bullshit. Zach, can you read that sentence that they had? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, let's see. Wait, is this the... Damn it. I don't know if I wrote it in... I don't think you wrote it in the notes. Dang it. But I'll find it. Anyway. Homeopathy. There are two big things in homeopathy. The two main axioms of homeopathy. The first is that like cures like. So, if you have malaria, you take something that gives you the symptoms of malaria to cure your malaria. (laughs) Similar in terms to how a vaccine, you get a little bit of the flu virus in your body to protect you you about the the flu. flu. To protect you from the flu. Sure. However... The difference between homeopathy and vaccines is that vaccines have a known operative mechanism. Homeopathy has none. <laughs> Just totally made up. Totally made up. You know how this originated? Please this, tell me. I've actually always wanted to know. This is this is Hahnemann. Hahnemann. Samuel Hahnemann. Hahnemann's concept. So, uh, he conceived of homeopathy while translating a medical treatise by some other fella. And um, so... This other fella, Cullen, uh, used, I don't know how to pronounce this word, it's Sinchona, maybe, uh, for curing malaria, right? Okay. Um, and so this is some kind of bark, right? And it worked to a degree. Like, it did a pretty good job of, like, fixing up malaria, right? Um, and so uh, Hahnemann was like, let's see, what, what if I take, like, a ton of this bark, right? So he eats a ton of this, gets a fever, shivering, joint pain, all, all symptoms, symptoms curiously malaria. similar to malaria. <laughs> So, from this singular experience, oh, he came no. to believe that all effective drugs produce symptoms in healthy individuals similar to those of the diseases that they treat. And this is in the 1700s? This is in 1807. 18. Oh, man. <laughs> what nationality was this guy? German. Curiosity. German. So, he basically said this thing is the law, and that's how it works. Turns out wow. the reason the bark works because it has quinine in it. <laughs> And also, other people who have like eaten this bark in large quantities have not experienced those symptoms at all. Wow! So, so maybe he just got premise, sick. Yeah, completely unrelated mm-hmm. to the bark. Yeah, the whole premise is just pretty much made wow. up. Wow! So it's completely just, completely just absolute garbage from the beginning. Yep. But my personal favorite. Oh dear! Is the other axiom of homeopathy, <laughs> the law of the minimum dose. <laughs> the law of the minimum dose states that the lower the dose. Of the treatment you take, the greater the effectiveness of the treatment. Ah. So, like, when I take two Advils and it makes my head hurt less than when I took one, that... Yep. Then you should take a half and see if that works, (laughs) and take a quarter and see if that works. Take an eighth. And a non-zero dose. Basically, it's completely contrary to the (laughs) dose-response concept. (laughs) Basically, I, um, I just like I don't understand, I don't understand how anyone could conceivably have ever taken medicine and also think that that makes sense. In fact, they're scared to give uh, certain things. They're scared to give low doses, very low doses, because they're worried that it's gonna make people suffer too much. Oh my god! Yep. <laughs> so, so what they do? Okay. Say for example, they uh, take some caffeine. They put a single drop of caffeine. 
in a jar with 99 drops of water. So that's a, that's a hundred times dilution. So one in Got 100 it. dilution, right? That okay. makes sense. Sure. Then you take one drop of that, that new solution, that one in a hundred, uh-huh. and then put it in uh, another 99 drops of water. So now you've got 10,000. Yes. Okay. So it's yep. So what's a, so what's a, when you have a one in one hundred? That's called a centesimal. That's what homeopaths call a centesimal. And so when you do it twice, it's a two C dilution. So it's a log. It's a log base one hundred scale. Okay. Yeah. Now two C. For those of you out there unfamiliar with the concept of Avogadro's number, <laughs> we should explain. <laughs> Yay! Just, just real quick. Also, this is really fun. Um. Avogadro's number is a huge number that basically um, is the number of atoms in a mole of a substance. A mole being like one standardized clump of a sub- of a substance. Yeah, and and just so the number itself the is number? Yeah. six point oh two two times ten to the twenty three. That's a massive number. So it's a six two two and then twenty one zeros. Mm-hmm. So. Really, or six zero two two, and then twenty zero, and then twenty so zeros after. Just it. It, like absurdly massive, and we have some examples. We have some good examples for you. Because it's really hard to picture. Just like we were talking yeah. about, like radius of the Earth is hard to. This is more difficult to conceive than that. Avogadro's number six point zero two two times ten to the twenty three is the approximate number of milliliters of water in the Pacific Ocean. Milliliter is very small. Milliliters are very small. <laughs> That's huge, right? Yeah. Um, if an Avogadro's number of pennies were distributed evenly <laughs> to every human on Earth, we would each have ten trillion dollars, but we wouldn't be alive because we'd be covered in point eight miles of pennies. <laughs> <laughs> Uniformly distributed across the surface of the oh, Earth. God, this is awful. Now, wait, wait. I want to hear more of these, but I want to know about Avogadro, why it's, well, how it's connected to... 2C dilutions. Yeah. We're yeah. trying to get... Basically, what happens with dilutions, homeopathic dilutions, <laughs> is you take it down and you dilute it and dilute it and dilute it again and again and again and again. And by the time you get to a point of about 12C or... Um, 10 to the 24th, like, drops that or is something. more... Uh, that is higher than Avogadro's number. Oh, okay. You've reached what is called Avogadro's limit, which means that when you do that many dilutions, you've hit a point where there is absolutely not a single atom of the original substance <laughs> left in your solution. That's at 12C. That's yes. at 12C. What's Homeopathic the standard? solutions are sold yeah. from anywhere from 3 to 30, usually. 30. Good. Yeah, 30C. So any, And that's like, 30 is like, this is a logarithmic scale, so like 30 is like, well oh. past. It's, like, a, it's, it's a log base 100 yeah, scale, log- <laughs> not 10. So so you get to a point where it's like you literally don't have any of the original substance left in your solution. Right. And so they just say water. that that makes it stronger. No, it's just so, water. It's so just water. At, at 12C, it's, it's water. Very... It's yeah, so it's like unlikely know, that there's any of the original. There could be the, one. There could be like an atom. Could be a atom, single atom <laughs> of the original yeah, substance. Yeah, exactly. Because you've got... So you start off with like, you know, one like atom of this thing, right? Maybe alone. Well, think of it as an atom instead of a droplet, right? Okay. And then you add these 99 atoms of water instead. So now right. you have one atom of right. this per 100, per like 100 atoms of the thing you've yeah, got, sure. right? Um, and if you keep adding, oh, this is bad. I messed it up. You this is going to Yeah, that's the problem. You needed to start with yes, a droplet. Yes, then you start with a droplet. Say you start with 100 atoms mm-hmm. 
of like substance. So say yeah. we're talking about what's a good example? Caffeine. Caffeine. We're talking. Yeah. We so we've got a hundred caffeine molecules, caffeine. right? Hundred caffeine molecules, and you add in ten thousand water molecules, right? So that's a, a it's a hundred and one. Mix all that up. <laughs> you mix that up, and then you take now one droplet of that. So. That's going to be one one hundredth of that. So now you immediately... This you're is, down to one you're atom. You're down to a single atom of caffeine already on the second dilution. One atom of caffeine and 99 atoms of water. It, then, random chance. Technically, right. you could have gotten all of the caffeine on that one. You could have. You didn't because they mix it up uh-huh. and we assume... We assume... What is it? Assume uniform distribution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assume uniform <laughs> distribution, which... Uniform be, mixing. Uniform mixing, which tends to be a very accurate mathematical model, even though it's extremely simplistic. Um, so now you've got one, maybe two atoms of caffeine in the next dilution, and then you do it again. And now you've Up got... 30 times. And now you've got none on the third try, and we do it... <laughs> 20 more times. And yet, granted, like a hundred atoms starting yes, point is like it's a very small, stupid. The point small, is, you like, can see how yeah. quickly it becomes absolutely nothing. Um, so what they do is, they, <laughs> so they they're selling you water. <laughs> yeah, they're selling you literally or like water. you know, like if it's like a gel or something, just like gel. Yep, it's like <laughs> some emulsion or, or literally something. a sugar pill. Yeah, it's like pfft, so. Um, what they do is they'll take the thing that. Um, like cures like so they'll take the thing that is bad for you and give it to you in a very very dilute amount so that you're basically drinking water or just drinking water. so things like <laughs> things like poison ivy stinging nettle white, white arsenic, arsenic or crushed whole bees <laughs> <laughs> is there supposed to be some uniform uniformity in what bees are made out of nope. 100% like, serious you think we're joking homeopathy.org or whatever yeah. they literally list on their website um, crushed whole bees, a dilution of Apis mellifera, the western honeybee, as a cure for allergic respiratory swelling. Dear God. You know how freaking dangerous that is? That oh, is goddamn dangerous that is. They're literally selling water to people who are <laughs> dying of bee sting. Now, to, to give them a slight little, like... Shout out here. At least it says call the ambulance first before you take this and then take the it. container. And then, and then take while it the ambulance is on its way. Take some of this water that they sold you for five dollars a bottle. Pen, yeah, interesting. Which would hmm. do something actually. So um, th- this is equivalent to like taking a bee, putting it on the, the sidewalk, and then taking uh, a few oceans and putting it on top <laughs> of that bee. Oh my and then taking a pennies. drop of that water, putting it on a sugar pill and swallowing it. A few oceans, like multiple oceans. Multiple oceans on, on one bee. On a single bee. Yeah. Okay, so everyone picture that now. Just stop. That is supposed to be that. the cure for bee stink. That is hilarious. Okay, so there you go. Five dollars. Five dollar value, this Five thing. Five dollar Five dollars. So there, there's something absurd here because we're talking about, like, firstly, water, right? If they think that, like, every, like, molecule of something that's ever been in water has its effect, like... They're not controlling for other things. What about other stuff that's been in so, water? So the argument is that, um, well, okay, yeah, there's nothing left. But water has memory, according to homeopaths. Water has the memory of what's been in it before. Are you sure they're not pronounced homeopaths? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, actually. That's a good but, so, so they argue that water has memory. It has, remembers what was in it before, which, what of course, does has that mean? no scientific basis in anything ever. What could that conceive of? You know, you the know vibrations and stuff. Oh, you know vibra- Everyone always defaults to vibrations. 
It's because they water happen. has memory of everything that's been in it, why doesn't it remember all the shit and piss that's been in it? Dinosaur Seriously, poop in my mouth. If homeopathy is real, then you've all tasted my pee. <laughs> <laughs> and it's helped you, you know, battle off the It doesn't make dangers any of sense. And they're selling consuming it Consuming urine. They are literally still oil salesmen. <laughs> Wait, wait, how do they activate it, Dave? Talk about how they activate oh, the medicine. So, another part of homeopathy is to patentizate the medicine. What they do is they... Um, no, not potentiate. Patentizate. What they do is when they, they're finished, when they take the dilution, what they do is a thing called succussion, where they take it, and there's a very specific procedure on how to strike it ten times. Like that. Then you do another dilution. And then you do it again. Oh and that activates the treatment. <laughs> but first, the treatments have to be proven. I'm using that word loosely. It's the word they use, and it's terrible. It, approving is what homeopaths do to show whether or not a medicine is a, a treatment, a homeopathic treatment is effective. Approving is done when you take a prover, a person, and you give them your treatment. And you, they write down all the symptoms they have. After taking. Wait, what? No, you heard that right. <laughs> all the symptoms that they have. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> that means people write down fucking everything. Oh my god. And that apparently proves what the medicine does. That's insane. There's it's a better even, method. Okay. There's also dream proving. Where Wait. you take, you take the medicine and you give it My to a prover, and they put the medicine under their pillow, <laughs> and record the dreams that they have, which apparently tells the homeopath. This is literally equivalent to in middle school when everyone has the idea: what if I just put the textbook under my under pillow, pillow and sleep on it? Then I'll just learn. All of the information. Like, what the hell? You want to talk about uranium? Oh, my God. Yeah. Let's talk about uranium. <laughs> so, Shane, you know about yeah. that. Yeah, so there yeah. was this, this is actually from a story that I read. There was this guy, actually, who was giving this whole account of this um, homeopathic company that he worked for. Um, and there were a lot of really sketchy things. They'd get, like, you know, a box labeled, like, pig tongue. And they just assumed without doing any testing that it was, in fact, a pig tongue. And they would just, you know, cut some off, put it in some water, do their dilutions, and be done with it. But one time, this guy, this is the, one of the most amusing stories I've ever heard. This guy got a request for a, I believe it was a 10C dilution of uranium. So, note that, like... This basically, this is what we said before, 10C is like about an atom. You need like a single uranium atom. Okay? So here's how he goes about doing this. <laughs> he takes a 10 milliliter test tube with him on a tour of a nuclear power plant. And throughout the tour, at some point, there's a big radiation-proof glass window. Note I said radiation-proof <laughs> glass window. And the tour guide, behind the window, you can see the actual plant. And the tour guide says, here, look through. You can see this thing. Apparently, he had spoken to the tour guide beforehand. They knew what was happening okay with him doing this, probably because literally it was doing nothing. And the guy 
meanwhile, this guy who works at the company, he knows it's all absolutely absurd because he's working there, right? So he takes this test tube and he walks up to the window and he places the test tube against the window <laughs> and he holds it there for about 30 seconds and then he walks away and then they sold it for 25 bucks. Yep. Claiming that it had, had a 10C dilution of uranium. Of uranium. So it'd be, like a a th- it'd be like a thousand atoms of uranium. We did the math. <laughs> we did the monster math. We did some math. more math. We found out how much uranium is present randomly in your body. Just hanging out. At any given time. There are 1 times 10 to the 17 atoms of uranium in the body anyway. <laughs> That's a one with 17 zeros after it. That's how many atoms of uranium are already in your body. So if you actually needed only one atom of uranium, you're done. You got it. You're good. That's, 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 that's a tenth of a milligram of uranium. That seems wow. weirdly high. Yeah. But it seemed like a reputable source, even if it weren't. Right. If their measurement were off by a factor of 10 to the 16th, There'd it's still be still more uranium, uranium in your uranium. body than you would get from the home- homeopathic. Because there was <laughs> radiation-proof glass, so there was literally no uranium. <laughs> there was also uranium literally none because, yeah. The guy was like, he was, he was like, yeah, I talked to the tour guide. He assured me that there was absolutely no chance that there, were, uh, there was any uranium in the bottle, but that was enough, apparently. Also, as, like, it would just go through the glass and then through the glass thing, painter <laughs> yeah, and then into the water, water and stop. Out of the water <laughs> and through the glass on the other yeah, side. Yeah. Uh, through that guy's arm. Somehow made it through radiation-proof glass. I'm pretty sure a little bit of water ain't gonna stop <laughs> it. <laughs> it's, homeopathy is fucking dumb. Please, please. Also, it's not God, like the radiation from like a remedies. nuclear power plant is just uranium <laughs> <laughs> shooting off. It's radiation from their decay. The uranium atoms aren't going anywhere. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like, hadn't even thought of that until... Oh, God. It's so dumb. No, that's how power plants work. They just shoot uranium at each other. They play catch with uranium oh, atoms. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Please don't buy homeopathic remedies. Please, when you go to a drugstore, look at what you're buying. Make sure it doesn't say homeopathic on it. Because if you're buying something that says homeopathic on it, you're buying a sugar pill or you're buying water. Yes. Yep. And it will do nothing to help you other than the placebo effect. Or hydration. (laughs) Or hydration. If your disease is dehydration, (laughs) take all the homeopathic remedies you want. It might be the only disease that homeopathy can cure. Using your sink will be a lot less expensive. True. Very true. Let's talk about chiropractic. Oh yeah, definitely. not chiropractic. Chiropractic. <laughs> because I don't know. <laughs> All, there's like a recurring theme here of like nobody using the correct terminology for. Yeah, anything. that's weird, isn't it? Some of the people who thought of it are stupid. <laughs> um. Yeah. Matt so some gone. of these, you know, we talk about giving alternative medicine its due, or rather traditional medicine its due, in that like it was a stepping point. For current medicine and that it holds a lot of value in yeah. terms of like you know an impoverished region who doesn't have access to aspirin exactly current recently invented alternative medicine that's just made up is by some idiot is preposterous and stupid and deserves no respect whatsoever homeopathy is literally the dumbest thing that i've ever heard of in my entire life it's axioms the main principles on which it's supposed to work violate the laws of physics and are just contrary <laughs> to everything we know so yes. talk to me about this guy dr oz not everybody knows who dr oz dr. is dr oz he's is basically oprah's doctor ostensibly he's an educated 
man. He's a surgeon. Yeah. He's, 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 he's a, a cardiologist. Back surgeon. in Columbia, I right? would go to Dr. Oz if I needed heart surgery. He is well, a I wouldn't because I'm, I'm pretty yeah, sure I guess he's uncertified for like five years. But anyway, Dr. Oz is... Um, he is a TV doctor, and what he does is uh, he has a show where he you know, teaches you how to live healthier. So exercise tips or diet tips or um, you know, whatever. But half the shit that he peddles on his show... Literally is, half. Like They, they looked yeah, at it. They went back and looked at it. That is the number. Bullshit diet pills. Bullshit homeopathic remedies. It's stuff like, oh, this one magic pill helped this woman lose 80 pounds. But it's like half the shit Why he doctors says hate has this work no at home evidence... Mom? for any of the shit that he sells and so he's completely and utterly destroying the idea of do no harm as a doctor secondly totally violating and abusing his power as an educated man educating the public and teaching them shit and finally being completely immoral in terms of selling people things that don't work selling people who are sick things that don't work yeah which is straight up fraud yes agreed um, speaking of fraud, I believe we were about to talk about chiropractics. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, chiropractic is interesting. It's another example of the more modernized and evidence-based it's become, the more reasonable it's become. Right. Because that's how it works. <laughs> um, so it turns out the closer to science you are, the better your shit works. <laughs> yeah. So the basic idea back in the day is that uh, you fix subluxations. Yeah, so it's... More made-up words. Okay. I'll simplify it. It's essentially a nerve impingement, uh, impingement that uh, leads to disease. <laughs> if you had finished that with, like, a few other words, it would have been okay. That's yeah. what we said. Yeah, that's, it's like... There's oh, a little paragraph that, like... like, a nerve impingement that leads to, like, muscle pain. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Numbness. And that's the thing. The movement has been from treating disease to treating, like, ah. muscu- neuromuscular, like, issues, which sure. it's like pretty reasonable for <laughs> the best chiropractors can, are just physical therapists yeah it can help with sciatica there's been some evidence that like it you literally can help manage the pain of it with chiropractic awesome totally fine although so, manage the pain yeah you can't it fix it okay. there's a lot of the it's hard to get these usually don't give a long-term solution usually it's like if if it's more than the placebo effect it's still just a temporary fix right it won't like cure you of anything Sure. That's an important thing to note, I think. And that, I think, also applies to, like, massage and probably acupuncture. It's, like, you can feel better. I mean, like, it, they are useful things. They, they, you can use them as supplements to your medication and or conventional care and or in place of those things if there aren't conventional care that will help you. But, like, they're not going to make whatever thing you have go away indefinitely. They can just make you feel better temporarily. Exactly. Um, and there might be, you might be better off investing your time in like solving the underlying problems that are causing those things, especially in the case of like neuromuscular stuff, than going. But supplementation, reasonable. As long as you're not going to the guy who is like cracking babies' spines, that stuff is. Yeah, that stuff's very messed up. <laughs> yeah, so some of the other things too is that there are occasionally. Usually it's for people who are doing malpractice of the like right, alternative sure. medicines. Like there are risks to doing these treatments. Of course. You can get seriously fucked up from someone misaligning your spine doing this stuff. So go to someone who has a good reputation if you're gonna go at all, because that's super important. It is like highly dependent on the practitioner for these things. 
the point of these really strict processes for drugs and really strict uh, uh, licensing for doctors is because you can fucking die if they screw up. That's the point of all this legislation, all this like bureaucracy behind it. As much as it's a pain sometimes, the reason that this stuff works is because it's been tried and tested. Yes. That's in a reasonable it. way, That's not it. tried and tested. And not anecdotally either. Studies. Meta analyses. You wanna do some of the other weird things before we yeah, here. there's so. some, okay, so, yeah, there's a bunch of other little, little ones, so things like aromatherapy, right? <laughs> it's, it's used for, for, like, all kinds of things. Some crazy people use it for all kinds of things anyway. What it does, it's been proven to reduce stress in mice. Um, <laughs> so, there's that. So, so, if your mice is a little stressed out, <laughs> you aromatherapy is perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, that's potentially, I mean, it could... Like, you know, de-stress you, cause you to relax, potentially from the placebo effect, potentially because yeah. now your house just doesn't smell like crap anymore, <laughs> you know? So, you know, if you are if you like the smell, what the hell can't yeah. hurt I you. Mean, I mean, I feel like anything pleasant to some extent yeah. is going if you to like help the you relax, smell, so what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> New tagline. <laughs> Good God. Um, then, okay, so there's magnet therapy and, like, those power <laughs> bracelets for balance and things, Oh, right? yes, I used to totally get into those in, yeah. like, middle Zero school. known mechanism, <laughs> zero evidence to support their effectiveness for anything. Yeah. Just, there doesn't, nothing. It, it just doesn't. to do the hilarious thing where, like, man, people used to, like, try to, like, push them on each other and they would be like, okay, okay, ready, ready? So, like, this is, like, the balance bracelet. Yeah. They'd be like, all right, get this, get this, ready? So, like, stand on one leg. And then you stand on one leg and they'd, like, push you a little. And you like fall over. They'd be like, all right, now watch this, watch this. And they, they put the, the the wristband just like on your shoulder, right? And they'd be like, yeah, right? And they stand on one leg and they push you and you don't fall over as much. And it's like, oh my God, the wristband worked. And or you were more prepared for the push and or they didn't push as hard and or you just like actually stopped yourself from falling more because no one in their right mind would fall twice in a row exactly the same amount. There's actually... Um People who used to sell the power browns were saying that they actually totally fucking lied. They were just <laughs> oh like, my God. they were just like, yeah, we totally faked all that shit. We like pushed you differently. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my God. Not That's at all surprising. No, uh, there's really. electro homeopathy. Oh yeah. Which is basically the tenant principles <laughs> of homeopathy, except with <laughs> different colors of electricity. <laughs> Which, if Wait, you know what? anything about physics, <laughs> <laughs> you'd know that that makes no sense Wait, whatsoever. Wait, what, what? Blue what? electricity is different from green electricity and electrohomeopathy. They like ionized different gases when they were using electrical sparks on stuff, and they're like, oh, this must be different electricity because there's different color. I don't know. <laughs> as, early as, as early as the 1890s, it was called utter idiocy. <laughs> so. Just kind of falling out of favor. Oh my um, god! Then there's uh, chelation therapy, which totally does what it's, it can fix heavy metal okay. poisoning. So chelation, what it is, is a particular <laughs> way by which ions and molecules bind to metal ions. Bidentate or polydentate ligands, if you care to know what that means. We don't need if to worry about that. To be basically, basically, what that means is that stray metal ions will be captured, for lack of a better word, by molecules in a spe- in a specific way called chelation. If you have heavy metal poisoning, chelation therapy works. Awesome. Because it captures heavy metal. Chelation therapy for literally anything else does more harm than good. 
What harm does it do? Um, potentially heavy metal poisoning. <laughs> so. Oh my god. <laughs> so then you, you keep doing, doing it. it. You just yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. It's fine. But no, no chelation therapy fine. doesn't do anything except cure heavy metal poisoning, and that's it. It is literally it's a very specific treatment for a very specific problem. Then there's uh, there's Holda Clark's uh, cure for all cancers, who uh, claimed that she had some thing that could what? cure all human diseases, including all cancers. Uh, she based it on the belief that disease was caused by parasites, included herbal remedies, chelation therapy, the use of electronic devices, um, and she died of cancer. Mm. So take that with a green uh, box of salt. A few boxes of salt. <laughs> take that with a uh, one Pacific Ocean of salt. A mole of salt. A mole of salt. <laughs> <laughs> one Avogadro's number of salt. Wait, molecules. I just... She she claimed what? That it could cure all diseases. She what was it? Regi- it was basically a regime of different treatments, like herbal, ther- herbal remedies, chelation therapy, uh, electronic, whatever. What the hell parasites did she think were causing cancer? The toxin parasites, probably. <laughs> the, toxin. the toxins, yeah. It just... Uh... Yeah. Okay, and then in general, if, you, if anyone ever is claiming anything about an energy, some kind of like... <laughs> some kind of energy... It's just pseudoscience. It's just totally made up. It's like n- not supported by anything. The only energy that might like work is like light, like ri- that kind of radiation energy. So for like yeah, things like seasonal affective disorder, yes, exactly, can actually be cured by having a little happy lamp. Right. Yep. Happy that lamp. Totally, totally, totally legitimate. Valid. Totally legitimate. Um, it's funny. We actually got a uh, new follower on Twitter today. Uh, she followed us because we said alternative medicine, I think, and uh, we looked at her Twitter page, and she was promoting things like. Cure anxiety and depression by drinking more water. Clear, cure your hashtag kidneys and hashtag colon bladder. by drinking water. Oh, bladder, yeah. So Whose colon? I can vouch that that's in fact not work. She's saying cure depression and anxiety by drinking more water. So our new follower on Twitter, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, light therapy is also used to treat cases of neonatal jaundice. What? How does really? that work? Because... Uh, I don't know. There's something that causes jaundice that can be isomerized by the light. So basically, it changes the chemical structure of it, and then everything's wonderful. Uh, Billy Rubin in the blood. Yeah, that one. UVB, I think. UVA or B. I think it's B. Can convert the, I don't know, the isomer of Billy Rubin in your blood into a vector form. That's super insane. cool. So, okay, so you can cure like, jaundice in an infant yeah, with there are light. Some crazy therapies out there that like, actually fucking yeah, the work. The important part here is we have a known mechanism. That yep. is causing this to work. Like, it's not just someone was like, ah, oh, I think this happens, and they just try it a bunch and do it on babies. Oh, like, uh, one last thing about homeopathy. Um, in 2006, 3.9 million adults and 910,000 children used homeopathic treatments. Uh, that amounts to $2.9 billion out of pocket and $170 million for visits to homeopathic practitioners. Holy crap. Crap. This is a lucrative. This is a lucrative industry. Yeah. This is an industry that is making a lot of money right. by selling people total bullshit, selling them water, by and selling possibly them water. the deaths of those people who could, if they went to traditional yeah, doctor, yeah. practitioners, they could yep. have lived. So yeah, it's the thing. It's like okay, you know, I, I get the argument that oh well, okay, fine. If people are gonna be stupid, let them be stupid. Yeah. But these people are preying on people yeah, who right. are sick and desperate for Absolutely. a cure. Yeah. Jeez. And squeezing every last penny out of them before they die. <laughs> That's awful. So there's uh, on Wikipedia, 
a page about alternative cancer treatments. A uh-huh. whole page called List of Alternative Cancer Treatments. Yeah. So basically, it just says, like, hey, here's a bunch of treatments that haven't been approved by any government agencies, really, for the most part. Uh, and then it just has a list of ineffective treatments. <laughs> Aromatherapy. See? People try to use it for shit like that. It doesn't make yeah, any sense. right. Of course, it's not going to work. Herbalism. Homeopathy. Naturopathy. Then you got, like, various diets. Like the alkaline diet, the hallelujah diet. The oh, restrictive biblical yeah. diet based on raw food claimed by its inventor what? to have cured his cancer. Superfood. Any superfood doesn't cure cancer. <laughs> so if you see like this one berry, acai berries cure cancer, they fucking don't. <laughs> that, uh, homeopathy doesn't. Magnetic therapy doesn't. Therapeutic therapy touch doesn't. doesn't. Polarity therapy doesn't. <laughs> therapeutic touching touch. people doesn't. Therapeutic touch, contrary to its name, a technique that does not usually involve touching. Rather, a (laughs) practitioner holds their hands close to a patient to affect the energy, quote-unquote, in their body. According to the American Cancer Society, available scientific evidence is not supported in the claims that touching therapeutic touch can cure cancer or any other disease. <laughs> or any other disease. It's called therapeutic touch and it's literally about not touching people. And it's, not it's, providing it's therapy. It's literally your doctor playing a game like, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you, and now your cancer's cured. <laughs> uh. Then it's got a whole bunch of, like, herbs and plant-based things. Uh, chiropractic and cupping can't cure. You can't cure cancer by eating walnuts. See, <laughs> people will freaking do this stuff, and that's right. why they have to have this list, because there are people that tell other people bee that... Bee venom. Ear, bee ear bee candling. Venom. Let's talk about ear candling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lighted candles are placed in people's ears, and that's it. That's the whole treatment. <laughs> There's no health benefit and it carries a serious risk of injury because you have a melting candle in your ear that's on fire. Psychic <laughs> surgery. A sleight of hand confidence trick in which a practitioner pretends to remove a lump of tissue from a person. It's they, they psychically, surgically remove some sort of lump from you. They really, use they slight, just have they, a, uh, they use sleight of hand to pretend to pull something out of you. Really, they just have a piece of animal gut in their pocket and... What? Yup. It's like, oh, goddamn magic trick. Do this. <laughs> cancer guided imagery, the practice of attempting to treat cancer in oneself by imagining it away. Oh, that's like a really big thing. Yeah. Faith healing. Oh, dear. No. <laughs> Meditation. Gonna leave it on. No. Yeah, apitherapy. So the, the bees. Chelation therapy does nothing. Cesium chloride Emu is a toxic oil. salt. Uh, oil derived from the adipose tissue which of the like, emu. You know, people, does someone, might, someone might argue that, like, hey, chemotherapy is also relatively toxic. But, like, that has been studied, and they're doing the best they can to make it specifically to target. The toxic yeah, thing. exactly. This is cesium chloride. Someone's probably just going to give it to you. And there's no evidence to support it actually does anything to cancer. But there are serious adverse reactions. Oh my god. Emu oil is actually products containing emu oil have been cited by the FDA as a prime example of a quote ripoff. <laughs> the <laughs> FDA <laughs> says it's a ripoff. Jeez. Okay. Colloidal silver. Insulin <laughs> potentiation theory. Shark <laughs> cartilage. Urine therapy, the practice of attempting to treat cancer by drinking, injecting, or taking an yes. enema of one's own urine. Why would that do anything? Oxygen therapy. Uh, the practice of injecting <laughs> hydrogen peroxide, oxygenating what? blood, or administering oxygen under pressure to the rectum, vagina, or other bodily opening. And, uh, Don't do that. It please. doesn't. That sounds like a really good way to like bust a hole in Yeah, something. these are all super dangerous <laughs> and don't do anything. If you have cancer, 
Go to a cancer doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, also, baking soda doesn't cure cancer, so don't just <laughs> eat baking soda. <laughs> Anti-cancer psychotherapy, a technique claiming that a cancer personality caused cancer. Oh, God, that's the most awful thing I've ever heard. That so, is, that's the most blatant... Deepak Chopra apparently is a thing of person I was, who... <sighs> that's the most blatant victim-blaming thing I've hey, ever heard. you have cancer? Heard. It's your personality. <laughs> Jesus. That's the ultimate, it's not you, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> like that's terrible. Jesus. An interesting one is medical cannabis. Uh, there's no evidence currently to support that it cures cancer anyway. But okay. research is still being done. So maybe in the future. Maybe. May- maybe it's a big maybe. That's, that's a big maybe. So you Although <sighs> marijuana does have other medicinal uses that we will not go into here because that's not the focus of this episode. <laughs> that's the way you sounded just now. <laughs> that was absurd. Colon cleansing. Oh yeah, that's uh, that sounds like a fun time. You got too much stuff in your butt. That's why you got <laughs> cancer. <laughs> your butt's too full of stuff. <laughs> cancer. No, that's terrible. That makes no sense. This dance therapy. Ooh. Oh god. Yes. Use of dance or physical movement to improve physical or mental well-being. Hey, I'm sure that does those things, but doesn't cure cancer. cancer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, man, this is incredible. This is like they literally had to look at these things and evaluate whether or not it does anything because <laughs> people say it does something. Unfortunately, I mean, it just shifts the burden of proof. Yeah. If you make a claim, like, I have a thing that cures cancer, it is your job to prove that claim. It is not the job of other people to prove you wrong. <laughs> it is your job to prove that the thing you have works. Which, shockingly, no one seems to be able to do except for, you know, pharmaceutical companies and doctors and scientists. Well, you know, it's because they have all the money, Shane. <laughs> and or because oh, they're wait. performing science. All this stuff is a super lucrative business for some reason. What the hell? Big pharma. <laughs> yeah, that's an amusing, yeah, that is an amusing point that, like, you know, it's not like a homeopathy is not outrageously lucrative, nor do they... They clearly we have about how it's billions yeah, of dollars. They clearly have the resources to do actual clinical studies. They just choose not there to because they literally don't care. There are whole colleges devoted to homeopathy. The American College of Homeopathy is a thing that exists. That's and I don't know why. That's all. And I don't know why. All right. All right. Um, I think we've uh, I think we've covered all of the awfulness. Guys, if you're sick, <laughs> go, go to, to a, a doctor. doctor. Just go to. They're a doctor. not out to get you. I promise. And they, if that doctor doesn't do a good job, go to another go doctor. To a doctor. I went to the witch doctor. This is what he said. Okay. Is that racist or not? No, just this wrong. Okay. <laughs> I hope not. That would make me feel bad. I don't know. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I don't, I don't know these things. People go to medical school specifically to help other people. Doctors want to make you better and not Medical worse. school is really fucking hard because doctors can fucking kill people yes. if they screw up. <laughs> so they all did a good job. And, well, not all of them. Most of them did a good job. If you find one that did a bad job, find a new one. But I promise they're trying to help you and not hurt you. And the homeopathic people don't have that going for them. They are, in fact, unintentionally or otherwise, trying to harm you. And so you should avoid them. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. Yeet. We'll see you soon. Peace thanks, out. Yo. Thanks to our guest star here, my dad, also called Dave. Thanks for having me, guys. Yay! Yay. All right. Yay. We'll see you later. Uh.